with another very special stay-at-home self-quarantine episode of the Brando Cast. And joining me today, I think for the first time on the goddamn show, we have Emmy Award-winning motherfucking writers nominated every goddamn year because they write on Bob's Burgers. But more importantly than that, they got their own fucking show now. They got their own goddamn show, and I've watched the first two episodes. It's the Great North on Fox, and it'll say when you watch the show, executive producers, Wendy and Lizzie <laughs> Molyneux. Woo-hoo-hoo! Hi! Hi, Brando. Hello. What should we do uh, for our listeners out there? Should we? Should I make like a little sound effect when Wendy talks or when Lizzie talks? I have the deeper voice. I'm older, and my voice is weathered from experience experience talking i like uh, the sound effects idea just like a boing every time it's <laughs> yeah give, give lizzie a boing and then i'll get like a, a, a roar or growl like a foghorn yeah a foghorn for that's kind of what my voice sounds like <sighs> it's kind of like the sound my soul makes anyway lizzie's fresh as a flower wendy <sighs> old fucking foghorn blasting through the night Mine is a, a hobo. You you will hear <laughs> okay. you will hear because that's me. Because uh, the the pandemic has turned me into a hobo. It's also made me a little crazy. I'm going to admit to both of you right now that your friend Brendan Wendy is on day one of a juice cleanse. Oh, oh that sounds terrible. Yeah. I'm holding up the empty bottle of my third drink of the day, and all I want to do right now is go to Zanku Chicken. Have you hit the beet juices yet? Okay, that is a phenomenal question from Lizzie Molyneux. I don't know, um, because I'm choosing... <laughs> you don't know? Unless there's a vodka in it, I generally don't drink juice. Not interested. So I, I just know that I've got a couple green ones in there. Yeah, there's a red one. Maybe is that the beet one? I don't know. The there's one. an almond one in there. Okay, the red one might be the beet one. Oh Christ, that's scary to me now. The almond one—that's your—that's your meal. I'm sorry to tell you mm-hmm. this, but like, if you're doing juices, the almond one, the one that looks like a milk, essentially, is like basically the equivalent of eating like a rack of ribs by the time you're done with your juice day. Okay, so and they they did put that juice at the end of the day. It's number six of six. Yeah, that's that's your dessert. <laughs> that's your meal. That's it's- everything. That's your whole day. That's breakfast, yeah. lunch, and dinner. Everything and- else was basically a water. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry uh, to tell uh, you. Well, I did this to myself. I, I put myself in this dungeon because um, I have given Del Taco and Domino's way too much business during the pandemic, and um, it has uh, it has taken a toll on me. Look well, at the, look at the bags under the eyes. Look, just look at the at the depth of these of these Irish bags. People would pay for fillers <laughs> like that, Brando. So don't be sad. That's what I think. Like I have a very full face and I'm like, people pay thousands of dollars to get this look. They want this full face because they're getting old and it's wrinkling up. And I got my fillers the natural way with food. Totally understood. By the way, for people listening at home, you get Irish bags when all of your water comes from beer. Normally I wouldn't recommend a juice cleanse because I don't, I don't like food restriction and really I don't like it. I don't want to recommend it to anyone, but during the pandemic, it's just something to do. Okay. Like it gives a variance to your day. So if you want to do a juice cleanse during the pandemic, just cause you're like, I don't have anything to fucking do. I'm going to do a juice cleanse. It'll give me something to think about. Then why not? But normally no, eat the, f- eat the food. I agree. But a daddy has done some damage. 
show. I, I hear you. I hear you. A day of juices is not going to starve you to death. But How many you know. days are you doing? Are you doing a three or are you doing a seven? Just three. Just three. Just, okay. three. just uh, there's just no, I, I don't know if I'm going to get best tonight. I, I live not too far from uh, where Wendy and her husband used to live. And there are so many of my favorite uh, food places, especially in the Burbank uh, area. I could be at Pinocchio's on Magnolia um, by seven o'clock tonight. So yeah, you, you could know. walk there if you started now. <laughs> that That is absolutely true. And by the way, good point i've been biking and walking on the chandler bike path people which is a delight and i have actually walked to pinocchio's and back from my house which is actually a really nice walk um so yeah fuck you juice cleanse all right wait let me just <laughs> let me just let me just talk about more important things because congratulations thank you thank okay you. two I watched both episodes uh, that are available out there in the world of the Great North that Wendy and Lizzie uh, created, clearly in conjunction with some of their old partners from the Bob's Burgers world. The show feels like it fits in the Bob's Burgers universe. Uh, it is, I would say the show is about, it's the adventures of Beef Tobin and his family. He's an Alaska fisherman. They live up in Alaska, the family. There are so many heavy hitters involved in the show. That is my dog, Django, barking at an Amazon delivery person, as he will often do while I'm podcasting. Django! Bro! <laughs> Stop it! It's a, it, is a, it is such a great show. Can I ramble on for one minute about why I love it so much? Sure. During the pandemic, I've become obsessed with this show called Alone. It's a reality. Oh, yeah. Yep, I watched it. Okay, so for people listening out there alone, they drop 10 lunatics in a wilderness location, Vancouver Island, the Arctic, Patagonia. You're only allowed to have 10 items with you uh, to survive alone for as long as you fucking can. And the last person standing wins $500,000. And all these people are dropped into severe wilderness situations with just a knife, a tarp, an axe. Uh, fishing line, whatever, and you got to fucking kill a bear with your bare hands or catch a fish with your teeth or whatever, or you starve to death. And it's phenomenal. So I'm just so cognizant of the many ways that a human being can hurt themselves in a wilderness situation. And right off the bat, I was so happy with the Great North because now I have learned the term Alaska broken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which just made me laugh so goddamn much, and I won't spoil anything, because I'm just looking forward to the many ways that people will hurt themselves on this show. Uh, when confronted by a moose, which happens in episode one. And I also want to live in a situation where a moose could come into my house and just no. it up. So, no, I don't? No, you do, yeah. I would like to just have any kind of excitement. Okay, so now I'm going to throw it to you guys. Please tell me the genesis of this idea and how this all came together because this is going to be on the air for 20 years. This podcast? Are we on for 20 years? This podcast. We have something right afterwards. <laughs> I bet you should do. Should we tell them we should push it 20 years? Please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it really, uh, some of it came from like us knowing who we wanted to work with actor wise because we knew we wanted to work with Nick. We knew Nick we wanted Offerman. to work with Jenny Slate. Yeah, Nick Offerman, Jenny Slate. Um, so in a way, the idea of them as a father-daughter came first, I think, to the best of my recollection. 
And Lizzie and I are from a big family. So then it sort of became like, okay, well, this is, we'd like to do a big family show. And then, uh, you know, it just kind of grew out from there. Lizzie's spent time in Alaska. Yeah. My uh, husband's brother lives in Alaska. So I'd been a few times. The first time I went was for the Iditarod. We went up and visited and went to the Iditarod, which was amazing. And also just kind of got me uh, and Wendy thinking about when we were talking about setting for this show, just where it's somewhere that's just different that we haven't seen before in the world of animation. And it is just such a different (laughs) planet up there. Like we were out on a lake and then there were like a frozen lake and there were just little planes landing and taking off. And like people just drive their snow machines like, to the store and like along the side of the street. Like it's just, it's not like anything I was used to. Um, so it just seemed like a really fun world to explore. And there are moose and eagles and lots of wild creatures. I don't know. It just, we, once we started looking into it, we were like, this is, this will be a fun place to set them. Yeah. Cause I mean, we've been on Bob's from the beginning and Bob's is, uh, you know, it's not in a city city, like a big city, but it's in a, you know, more of a, more of a city area. So we also wanted to say like, okay, well, we know we're going to be kind of in the Bob's Burgers family. Lauren's an EP on the show. Um, we produced it at the same place. Um, and you know, so we were like, where can we go? Cause we you know it was also a family show, you know, where can we go where we're going to be able to tell kind of different kinds of stories, even though we like to sell, tell you know, still like emotional stories and stories about a family and all that stuff. But like, what can we do that'll blow it out a little bit? So like you said, being in Alaska, I mean, it's genuinely like when you read about people who live up there, even if you're in the city or whatever, there's just more wildlife to encounter. There's more tricky situations. So it like kind of gave us something to set it against that was different. Well, I love it so much, as I said, because of my love of alone, most of the contestants (laughs) on alone are from Alaska and they're all fucking crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just imagine. I just imagine that everybody up in Alaska, like most people, probably have a wooden leg or a wooden hand. <laughs> yeah, you just buy one in advance for when you lose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they like how most people have a spare tire. When you get off you, the plane, they give you one. It's like when you land in Hawaii, they they just put a wooden leg around your neck <laughs> and welcome you. <laughs> In case you need it. Well, because you're going to lose a leg in so many different ways, which is the, the amazing thing about Alaska. I My only pitch for you guys, I'm not going to pitch. My writing days are over. Hollywood kicked me out of the writing game. <laughs> but I will pitch that, that, that an eagle flies away with moon. I don't know. Take <laughs> that and run with it. Well, I'm not going to lie. There's an eagle in season two. So you're on the right track. I hope so. (laughs) Okay. Here's a very important question. Have you guys talked to the people at Funko about great North Funko pops? Have not. Have not, but, but yeah, it's in, it's, uh, it's on our, in our dreams. I think I wouldn't say (laughs) that. I I think you got to get to like year three and then like your phone, you, you get like a, first you get like a secret phone, that comes that's like you know it's the phone to Funko and you just wait for it to ring. <laughs> it arrives in like a velvet box, you put it on your desk, and then you just wait for the day to come when the Funko phone rings. And then you answer and then- it and your head goes like this automatically. <laughs> and then you get for I mean, this is that podcast, so I don't know why I'm doing a head motion, but you can imagine how a Funko Pop's head goes, listeners. <laughs> and that's what I'm doing with my head. It's pretty great. 
I love it so much. There's so many, uh, so many heavy hitters involved in the show. I know on the writing staff and uh, and the the voice actors. It's not just Nick Offerman and and Jenny Slate, but Will Forte. Yeah, Aparna Nancherla, uh, Paul Rust, Dulce Sloan from Daily Show, and then we have Alanis Morissette playing herself, which has been wild. Uh, that is a, a quite a delicious detail. Was that just really? uh, was that just a phone call? Was that just your idea? Let's have um, let's have Alanis sort of be the spirit of the Great North and slash Judy's uh, invisible friend, and let's just call her and see if she'll do it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. correct. We both said said yes. I wanted to make both of our signals. Well, you know, all you got to, I mean, the secret of life, which I just discovered after uh, five decades on this planet, is uh, just ask. Well, the worst someone can say is no. I just had Dionne Warwick on this podcast because I asked and she said yes. And then I recorded with Dionne Warwick. So there you go. (laughs) So that's amazing. Congratulations. It's going to officially start airing on fox on february 14th valentine's day it's our valentine's gift to you because we're trying to be in a romance with everyone in america yeah okay so you heard it that's what you're all doing on valentine's day you're getting your fucking valentine you're gonna order some fucking smokehouse from burbank and you're gonna enjoy the great north created by the Molino sisters now more importantly than the great north is the game we're going to play today on the Brando cast, when I asked Wendy and Lizzie to come on the show, these two goddamn funny motherfuckers, uh, I asked for a favorite band, for a favorite artist, and in return, I got the idea of talking about the Molino sister road trip mix. So I just got to ask right off the bat, was road tripping a part of the Molino family history? Yes. And I think when you say ultimate list, you mean we came up with the four songs that we heard the most on our childhood. Now, I'm not saying that this would be for everyone, but the first half of this are the four songs, which we both were like, oh, yes, we heard those songs so many times that we could probably just perform them for you today. And that's what we're going to do. Just kidding. We're not going to do that. (laughs) So that's what this first portion is, is a walk through the Molina. We had a Volkswagen van, two parents, five children, a lot of throwing up. We drove everywhere. We rarely flew. And we went like from Indiana to like Texas and New York. Long trips. All right. So first up, it's Paul Simon and Graceland. Who was the fan of, uh, of Paul Simon? Definitely our father, Richard Molyneux, big fan. Um, and then all of us, I guess, had everyone. <laughs> I think the Graceland album, though, was like the one album we could all agree was good. And the whole family had no problem with listening to it, from what I remember. But Lizzie, I'm older than you. You may not have liked it. I don't know. Fill me in. No, I I love Graceland. I have fond memories of it. I still, it's still my favorite Paul Simon album. So I feel like that's associated with pleasant road trip memories of like looking out the window and things being fine. No one barking yet. You know, good times. There was a lot of barking. A lot of it was me, so. You were the barfer on family road trips. We, a lot of us were, but I think Wendy, me and you might have been number. We were the biggest barfers because I couldn't resist. We had an episode of Bob's last year that was called Just the Trip about the, the Belchers going on a very brief road trip and 
I w Tina can't resist reading something and that's what I would like I'd wanted to read in the car it was boring but I knew I would get sick so I would just sort of keep trying to time it out like read a little start to feel sick back off never worked so much vomit everywhere mm -hmm. it was really bad <laughs> yeah uh, did, did you have a signal for the parents that perhaps you were in some sort of compromised situation and you needed to find a flying J travel plaza as soon as possible. I think the signal was vomiting. Yeah. So we had like trash bags and then you'd have to like sit with your trash bag and just wait and throw up into there. Cause I think it was like a lot of freeway driving too. So it's not like we could just pull over. So it was like, if you feel sick, you get a trash bag and then we all just wait. Perfect system. What was the what was the great road trip of the uh, your sort of Lizzie for you because you're the are you the youngest of the five? I am the youngest. Yes. Okay. So what was like sort of your first awesome memory of a family road trip? The one I feel like I remember the most is we drove up to Wyoming. So we went to like Zion and a couple other places on the way up, and then on the way back. We went to Las Vegas and we were there for like, we were supposed to stay for, I don't know how long, a few nights. And we stayed one night and the next day everyone got up and we're like, we're going, we're leaving. It was just like, I don't think it was what we thought it was going to be. It wasn't clean, shiny family Vegas yet. No, it you know. was when they had first been at MGM Grand, so they were trying to get families to come, but there was still just like way too much going on there. I think like, passing out nudie pamphlets and all that stuff, cigarettes, smoke, the whole nine. And yeah, I think our parents were like, oh, we made a terrible mistake. And the next day we like left for Zion. And our parents are not goody two-shoes or anything. I think at that time, truly, you didn't go, you know, there wasn't that like London Eye type thing and all these like sort of nice family things you could do inside of an adult vacation. It was the MGM Grand and then just like basically an ashtray stretching mm -hmm. as far as the eye could see. <laughs> and nothing, nothing to do with kids. It was just hot. So it's like, what are you going to do? Gamble them? <laughs> like, oh. It was not good. You know what? Can I just say this? I can't stand Las Vegas. It is such, it's where America goes to lose its fucking mind and do bad stuff and just be evil. And for anyone who's ever been to Vegas and actually walked on Las Vegas Boulevard, I was there last fall to go see the cult. Uh, mm -hmm. My friends and I went to go see the cult and we interviewed them for our Sirius XM radio show, which was fantastic. But I needed to find myself a Bank of America ATM and we were staying at the Cosmopolitan. And I Google searched, you know, closest Bank of America ATM because I'm too much of a cheap bastard to pay the $9 ATM fee and all the, you know, ATMs all over the place. I have to go to a Bank of America ATM. And the Bank of America ATM, this is not a joke. It is located on the fourth floor of the M&M store in the back. <laughs> That's so perfect. It's you can't it's not write a joke. That joke. No, no, no. You can't write that joke because it's the perfect joke. They 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 don't want you to go there. They want you no. to spend the fucking nine dollars. But this cheap bastard had to, so I had to walk. Did you then? Did you buy nine dollars worth of M and M's on your way home? <laughs> Be honest. You bought nine dollars worth of M and M's. I bought a lot of swag, a lot of M&M sweatshirts. And I, if I go into a, a bar, a store, a restaurant, anything that has a T-shirt, I have to buy the T-shirt. But anyway, I, I, I walk from the Cosmopolitan to the M&M store. And that's, it's like a three, four 
Vegas block walk. And you also have to walk through a couple of the, like you have to walk through the rainforest cafe and you have to walk through, you know, all that other bullshit that's, that's on the strip, you know, and now there are weed stores everywhere. Vegas is hell. I can't stand it. So you guys were living in Southern California when you took that trip to Wyoming and back. Yes. Yeah. That one. Yeah. We used to, we lived in Indiana and then our whole family moved here in the early nineties. So we've done road trips from Indiana to places and then from Southern California to places as well. Okay. Well let's, let me just throw out the next song Mm -hmm. on the Melano sister road trip list. And that is Otis Redding dock of the Bay. Okay, so let's go back to like when you guys were living in Indiana, you went to Texas. Did you ever do Indiana to Florida? We did do Indiana to Florida. Yeah. And I I did not like going on family road trips. So like all these just blend together. I was like, I'm glad he didn't ask me which one my favorite one was. Because they all blend together. I can't tell you the difference between any of them. Because it was I only remember the car parts for the most part. We did go to Florida. We went for spring break and we accidentally went to Clearwater, which is like the Scientology place now, but back then it wasn't. I think it was just like a little town. And I have a strong memory of being a 13-year-old in a bikini and like a 35-year-old man (laughs) trying to talk to me. But I was just like, oh, like I have very low self-esteem, but even I know this is wrong. Was that on the beach? It was near the beach. I was with my sister Jenny and we were near the beach and I had purchased my first bikini and uh, was eager. I thought I was going to meet like some wonderful boy and instead just like some gritty 35-year-old, which is younger than I am now. Now I'd be like, oh, thank you. But it's all about where you're standing in life, you know? Yeah, 100%. Did he also hit on your sister? I don't remember that part. You know, I was 13. You're real narcissistic at 13. You're just like, oh, I'm about to get abducted. Fuck Jenny. She's on her own. I'm going to protect number one right now, me. This 35-year-old takes my sister. Well, surprise of doing business in Florida. Do you remember the gentleman's uh, intro line? Was it just... No, because I don't think a 35-year-old man had ever spoken to me in such a fashion. I think I just went... I just heard like a like an alarm of like, oh, this is how you die. Basically, this is step (laughs) one in a 17-point process where you die today. And I was like, I'm going to try to stop it right now. So, I mean, 13, that's fucking young, man. And then you went, hmm, I'm sorry. Yeah, Yeah, and I was like, yeah, exactly. He he made a sound, and that's how I knew he was old. So, yeah, Florida. Oh, I was just going to say, I just, I have a very specific bathing suit memory from Florida as well, (laughs) because I don't know how old I was, like five or something, but everybody there, everyone had thong bathing suits on and they probably looked amazing. And I just could not stop laughing every time I saw one because I was five years old and they were choosing to have their butts out. It was the best. I just, that was my takeaway from it was like, people are putting their butts out voluntarily. This is, this is comedy. Uh, what, what, when did the thong song come out? Does anyone Probably know? Probably around that. I mean, it was like, what? It was late eighties, maybe. Was it late 80s? No, no. No, it was like later. 2000. Or nice, oh, then this like, is a different nice. Florida road. Is that a different Florida road trip then? No, I think people wore thongs 
at that time. I just don't. Well, then we must have gone. Twice. We must have gone twice. Oh, they were wearing thongs, but thong song was a lot later. Yeah, thong song was like you know, it sort of. I feel like it like reinvented the thong a little bit. Oh, a hundred percent. Because I, I feel like only the bold. Uh, not to age myself, but I, only the bold wore thongs back in the 80s. You know, I feel like that they didn't really become a thing until the 90s. Am I wrong? Unless you went to Rio. No, I think, though, maybe in Florida they were. Yeah, they, the- they were in Florida. They were already a thing in the like, late 80s, I would say. like Because we're talking, if I was 13, we're talking like, 89. 89, yeah. Yeah, so there were thongs were a thing, or at least like small backs, you know, small backed bikinis. Mm-hmm. I don't Is remember that- the thongs, but Lizzie, it blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, I was too worried about getting fucking murdered and put into a dumpster. Can anyone a- answer this question? What what the fuck is wrong with Florida? I'm sure there's a lot of wonderful people in Florida, Brando, who listen to your podcast, and now you're alienating them. (laughs) People who just, like, enjoy orange culture, the culture of orange trees. Maybe they have a crocodile or alligator, whatever they got down there. (laughs) Alligators. It it, it seems like every single day Twitter will feature a story, you know, that will literally say Florida man eats someone's face off. Yeah, well, he was hungry. (laughs) <laughs> just like anyone in any other state i'm trying to save your florida listen oh you, you, you're Brandon. trying to save my you know what yeah. fuck you people who live in florida oh, I, no. I okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck you guys yeah most of the people who listen to my podcast live in los Feliz and silver lake i mean yeah. come on if i'm on i know i know <laughs> <laughs> all right the next song on the molino sister road trip mix what's another classic oldie it's wilson pickett midnight hour Okay, so we have a little bit of an oldies vibe going on. And is that dad or mom? Both, I think. And these songs we could all agree on. At the uh, midnight hour, we had a little dance and head movement we did. Lizzie, do you remember this? I don't. I must. I don't know if you were part of it because you might have been littler. But, you know, that part that goes, bop, bop, I'm going to wait till the midnight hour, bop, bop, that we would all go like big open mouth head to side to side and sing along with just that part yeah for theater of the mind wendy just executed uh, a perfect version of what the molino family was doing in the back seat moving from side to side singing along yeah we all enjoyed that song these were the songs we could all agree on like i don't really remember the songs we all didn't like do you know what i mean like i think everyone would bring along their own tape because it was tapes at the time then we got to alternate the tapes, and this will be a good cue up for the next song that you all are going to hear. <laughs> one time, we brought one tape accidentally for a very long ride, and it was a Weird Al Yankovic cassette, <laughs> and that is all we listened to for days and days and days. Because you can't, you know, you can't find the radio station when you're driving through so many places. So we listened to Weird Al the whole way there and the whole way back, probably Texas, New York, like wherever the hell we were going. That was it. No, And we put that joke in Great North uh, episode one that they only have two cassette tapes because that's like kind of what our life was like back then. Okay, so. so the Weird Al Yankovic song, Good Old Days, that was featured in the Molina Family Automobile. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard that song. Uh, I, When I moved to Los Angeles in the fall of 1990, the very first celebrity I saw 
was Weird Al Yankovic in the old thrifty on the corner of Sunset and Fairfax. It was very exciting to me. Yeah, I would be like, I would be that, ex- I would be excited to see him now, anytime. That's, that's an amazing sighting. Yeah. Uh, Can I say that, something about good old days? Am I allowed? A hundred thousand percent. It's your I show. Think you, you're saying you never heard it. To me, it is the best Weird Al song. Bar none. Bar none. I think it is the most successfully funny show, uh, song that Weird Al ever made. Uh, Weird Al, I love him. I totally love what he has done and what he's all about. I just never allowed myself to dip my toe into the Weird Al waters. You know what I mean? No, but most mm-hmm. people don't know that Weird Al song because it's not a parody. It's a style parody. He is parodying the style of James Taylor, which is something our parents always made us listen to, which I was a little on the fence about. But, like, uh, the fact that it was a, a parody and that there's a surprise in it, it's a style parody. It's not just making Eat It to beat it. It has a concept. And I was already, like, really into, like, I I think I was kind of like, hmm, beat it to eat it. Well, I mean, I guess anybody could come up with that. Whereas, like, Good Old Days is, like, about how he's, like, things are great and then he murders people. And to me, that was more of a concept. And as, even as a kid, I was like, all right, something. Got a little something there. Okay, well, that's an interesting point, because the one thing I forgot to mention about the Great North, for those of you who love Bob's Burgers, you know the importance of puns, whether it's the name of a store or a a pun within a a sentence. There are many such wordplay moments in the Great North so far. I heard the word moose-taken, as in moose-taken. I heard Pittsburgh Steelers, a blog for people who like to uh, steal things from stores that allow them to do that. Um, what else did I hear? I heard cake it to the limit. Uh, and I also heard, um, Jean-Claude Van Dammit. So my question for both of you, did the importance of wordplay and puns and comic turns in sentences, whether it's coming from a Weird Al song or maybe sketch comedy or something, is that something that both of you locked into when you were young? Uh, no, no. <laughs> that's right though, Lizzie, right? I don't want to lie to the people of Florida. Yeah. To this podcast in bigger numbers than ever before since my recent defense of them. <laughs> is that a new thing? Is that something that you guys discovered while you were working on Bob's Burgers? I can only answer for myself, which is that I don't think I would make a pun in conversation. Well, only it's like on the show. Like if you right. do that in conversation, I feel like everyone's just like, like it's dra- it, everything comes to a screeching halt. But I think certain styles of shows, you can do puns in them and they're funny. But in real life, if you did it, everyone would be like, please stop doing that at this dinner party. Or am I wrong, Lizzie? Am I cr- you may have a totally different take on buns. No, I, I agree. I think wordplay with music, I think, is maybe something I've done for a little bit longer. I feel like I, I will make up stupid songs, especially if you have kids. I feel like you make up stupid songs a lot and just replace words with other words um, to help amuse yourself throughout the day. Um, but yes, I think puns as uh, just in within conversation or in other areas of writing, I don't think it's something we've done as much. It definitely was something that grew a little bit out of Bob's. Well, because Bob's does it to be sweaty on purpose. Mm -hmm. Like Bob is not himself writing 
the jokes in his own show. He is writing puns on his burger board. So the joke is that this person writes these puns in the world of Bob's. But if that was the show itself, I think it wouldn't play. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, I spent, maybe I spent too much time thinking about this. So. No, no, totally understood. <laughs> I just, as a fan, I just think it's a fun feature of the shows. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not saying I don't love it. And I'm not saying I didn't love it when Weird Al did it, too. I love it. It's just like, I don't think it was something as a kid that I wanted it <laughs> to be part of. I think I... I liked like the song, like that's what I'm saying, like the style parody of the song or whatever, or like watching sketches or Monty Python or what, like that's what I loved and like was really like our dad worked for RCA. And so I don't know if you remember this, but there was briefly these things called video disc players that didn't work. It had this giant plastic box and you'd stick it in. And then halfway through the movie, you had to stick it in, flip it over put the other side in like a record and pull it out again. And they discontinued them. So my dad got like a hundred or 200 of them for free. And this is when you had to still like rent a movie at the grocery store. You didn't have cable. You didn't have streaming. You didn't have, well, some people had cable. We didn't have cable, but like <laughs> we got like 150 free movies or something. And it was like, like our heads exploded. But like among them were like the Monty Python movies and all that stuff. And I think that's what I was very, uh, into as a kid were those more like weird things we weren't supposed to be seeing that our dad was like, it's fine. Let them watch it. And then it was like, <laughs> you know, it's very inappropriate, but you know, it's inappropriate. You're not going to go to school and say that shit. Like you have to trust your children to have some judgment. So this was basically the RCA version of the laser disc kind of. Yeah. 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 It was like a dumb laser disc. <laughs> it broke all the time so all those movies too we knew we only had a certain amount of time so that made them feel more precious like we're gonna watch this a hundred times and then it's gonna break the actual disc or whatever that thing was would would break it would break the player would break it was clear why this shit got uh, it's so funny because i feel like i didn't have all of the context i was just like there's a bunch of movies that we can watch i thought it was like the height of technology and that yeah it was not it was a broken product yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. All right. The next song. This is this is a song that I fucking love. The next song on the Molino Sister Road Trip mix. Glenn Campbell, Wichita Lineman. Yes. This is my new road trip song. So we added these are sort of our modern day road trip songs um but i was never a huge glenn campbell fan like our parents definitely did not play that uh when we were growing up but my husband's grandfather was like a huge glenn campbell guy so when i met my husband we started doing road trips we listened to a lot of it and i was like i immediately fell in love with Glenn, glenn campbell because he's amazing and i love his voice and um so that became it's definitely not modern at all but it's like my new new version of road trip songs that i would listen to yeah i have bored the young people assembled at the brass monkey in koreatown with my version of wichita line brass monkey how much money would you pay to go to the brass monkey tonight and be able to sing and be near other people how much money Uh, honestly two hundred dollars I'm, 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 I'm making an I'm making an honest purchase. Yeah, yeah. Or like just to go anywhere and be near drunk strangers sounds like a fucking just vacation. Spitting all over the microphone right after someone else. Give it, it all yeah. Over it. Put it in my eye. You put the microphone in your eye just to show that you can now. Like I got a vaccine. I'm putting the microphone in my eye. 
In my lifetime, I've probably karaokeed eight between eight and nine hundred nights of course. in my in my life. Yeah, I'm karaoke with you. Yes, and I don't believe that I've ever seen anyone stick a karaoke mic in their eye. You're gonna see it next time. I'll see you in I wanna say November. Sardos in Burbank, here we come. Um, I, you know, the, I, if you think about it, what is more nasty than a karaoke mic? That is the thing that started the coronavirus. But we never thought about it before. You were just like, I sing on the karaoke mic. Yeah, maybe I get a fucking yeah. cold. I'm not going to die. And, and now we realize, like, no, you could have easily gotten herpes from the karaoke mic. Yeah. We, right before everybody went on lockdown, we went and ate at, um, I don't remember the name. It's like the Kraken Crab or whatever, but the, one of those places oh, yeah. where they literally just bring you food in a bag and you just eat everything with your hands at the restaurant. It was like, I think it was the weekend before. And so the whole first two weeks of like lockdown, we were like, we have, we, there's no way we don't have this. We ate there and then we went to a concert. Like we were literally just like touching everything and then eating it. You should play uh, those were the good old days now. <laughs> <laughs> Again, play it one more time. The last place that I ate before lockdown, and this was back in February, was fucking Ernie's on Lancashire. Oh. <laughs> Jeff and I have a classy one because it was his birthday, and we went out with our friends, uh, Brooke Dillman and Charlie Dillman, and went to Jar, um, which is our traditional fancy occasion meetup restaurant. Like we had drinks, it was fucking classy. It was special. We, Jeff and I don't get to go out that much because we have four kids. And it was like, and we almost canceled it. Cause we were like tired. And I was like, you know what? Let's go. And then we went and it was his birthday. It was like, hope to do it again someday, but I uh, got a good one at least. 11 years ago, I went to jar and I was dating. I was dating a woman who was uh, very attractive. I was dating her. She was not dating me. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure. we, we went, we went to jar. There was nobody else in jar except for a dude and Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Oh, and they great. sat next they sat next to us and for the entire meal both of them ogled my date. Oh, <laughs> Fuck you jar. And and no one did anything about it. They could have David, David Schwimmer danced at my boobs there once when I was when, younger. Yeah, Schwimmer, when I was younger and and they were more they were better at the time. <laughs> David Schwimmer took a brief glance and I really felt alive. Because wow. Jar is packed with celebrities. If people knew how many celebrities were there, no one would take those double-decker bus rides. They would just go to Jar when they come to L.A. They wouldn't take those sightseeing tours. God damn it. Do they make a good steak? They'd just be a Jar tits out waiting for Schwimmer. <laughs> <laughs> we're all I, in here, Schwim. Get your eyes I, on these. I think I would. I think I would pay. $300 to go eat at the Smokehouse in Burbank, which might be my favorite restaurant. I love the Smokehouse. In LA. Yeah, just um, one. I, even if it was just for one basket of hot orange bread. Hot orange just bread. one. Oh. I think that the cheesy crust on the orange bread could cure coronavirus. That's just my take on that. All right, let's wrap it up. We have one final song. One final song that has made it onto the Malano Sister Road Trip Mix, and that is ELO. Telephone line. Now, who put that on the uh, on the sister mix? I put it on because a lot of music that I listen to, my children cannot listen to because it is filled with swears. Um, 
I uh, listen to a lot of music that has explicit lyrics, so like I can't. Play, I only play that on my way to and from work. Um, so, with, but I tried to pick like what can I listen to when the kids are in the car for like an actual family road trip. We all like ELO. We take our oldest to ELO concerts. I think we've been to four because um, he's the only one who's old enough. So he's like a 10-year-old who's been to four ELO concerts and he loves them. He has like t-shirts and posters. Other than that, he listens to electronic music. So it's like ELO is a point of intersection that all the children and Jeff and I like. So that's our uh, no telephone lines. It's haunting. It's haunting. That brings us back around the Graceland. I think a haunting song. So is Wichita Lineman. I was just going to say, about, like, we indirectly picked two uh, separate songs about the telephone industry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're different ages. We are, and we're all longing for the past, but hopefully the future. But yeah, I think uh, and you, a haunting song on a road trip is great because you like, so, and so it's Dock of the Bay. I mean, you're staring out the window, the trees are going by, the wind's in your hair. Like you want to feel, you feel very dramatic, like you're headed somewhere, even though you're probably really just headed to Florida to get killed. <laughs> well, uh, here's a question for both of you. And you can, you can answer uh, separately if uh, you will. Uh, when all this is over. Besides what restaurant do you want to go to? When all this is over, what kind of trip do you want to take? Lizzie. I I really want to take, I, I want to take a trip to Europe. Our oldest daughter has been reading a ton of books set in Germany and Italy and, and just places she's never seen. And she's been asking us when, when we can go. And normally I hate traveling um, I'm terrible at flying, but I feel like I'm definitely ready to do that once this is over. I thought you love traveling. You're such a good I, traveler. I love to travel. I hate long flights. Um, ah, yeah, me too. Yeah. I mean, that would be the dream, but also I'm just excited to go to like our parents' house <laughs> in Manhattan beach. That's my first stop. Yeah. That's, is that what uh, you're feeling, Wendy? Where, where, where do you want to go? I would go literally anywhere, but I do, I'd like to go up to, we have another sister up in Oakland and we haven't seen her and you know, the kids like, and then we have another sister out in uh, the Redlands area, like just at, you know, our brother's in town. So we see him, like I drop stuff off at his house sometimes, like some like cookies I made him or something and wave hi. But like, I haven't really, because we have such little kids, we can't go very far. Cause it's like, where we go in the bathroom. We're really paranoid about, uh, you know, who's going to like, I don't know. It's a bad situation when you have four very little kids. You're like, we can't be incapacitated, but just to go there. And then, um, yeah, I'd like to go up there, but I also would like to go somewhere far away. Eventually, you know, that would be, you know, like a real trip. <laughs> um, cause we didn't travel a lot right before this either. Cause we were, we were adopting these kids. And for a while, when you're adopting through foster care system, you can't travel very much. So like we had already like not been, really traveling for a couple of years and then this happened i'm like oh i guess we won't travel for a few more years but uh yeah like just just to go almost anywhere would be delightful hi sweetie oh here see one of my kids is making an audio appearance <laughs> <laughs> the last question about i, I was going to ask you this Yes, you can wear your Batman costume. Go get it. Go get it. Go put it on. And I can have some candy. I don't know about the candy part. <laughs> Go get your Batman costume on. One of my sons wears a Batman costume almost all the time. Oh my God, so, and he just outgrew his old one and we got him a new one. So he's really into it. 
Go put it on, it, dude. Hey, dude, I'm recording something. Can you go put your Batman costume on? Close the door, okay? If you guys make an adult moon costume for the Great North, I want to wear that, and I want to wear that permanently. I want to be the guy who wanders around Hollywood in a moon costume. I love it. That looks so comfortable. We're going to make you a custom one. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. And I'll wear it proudly. Okay, last question before we wrap things up and finish uh, all this silliness. Uh, I was going to ask you guys about Manhattan Beach because I knew that that was part of the family history. Now that Manhattan Beach is so fancy and the home of every retired NFL player. Yeah, it is now. (laughs) Good Lord. I think you have to be a 9 or a 10 to live in Manhattan Beach. It's insane when you go down I don't live there. That's why we had to leave. yeah, they kicked yeah, us out. They kicked you out? I, is, is there a municipal code that if you're less than a nine, you ha- you, you have to leave? We're allowed to go for you. a weekend, but that's... Yeah. yeah, we could go see our parents. Yeah, when we moved there, it was a little... I mean, it was still a nice place, but we were coming from Indiana. My parents didn't know where to live, and that was close to where my dad was going to be working. Uh, so they picked there, and it did turn into this, over the course of the last 30 years, like a bonkers place like so it's a little weird because they still live in the same house you know that we moved into when we came out here so it's just it's odd it's where all the fraternity and sorority kids move when they come to southern california and they just keep that going the the strand or the uh the, the i'll just say this for the people listening at home if it's a hot summer day God, talk about people who want to get back to life before the pandemic. It's everyone in Manhattan Beach. Like on a Friday or a Saturday, it is a giant fucking party of hot people. And it's uh, for a hobo for a hobo like me, it's very scary because I love riding my bike down there along the bike path. And, yeah, imagine um, imagine the self-esteem of your fat theater friend Wendy moving there during the middle of high school. Whew, that was a brisk. Although I did like California better than Indiana, I gotta say, because you know what? I, this will come as a shock to your listeners, but I am quite a liberal commie, and Indiana is some deep Trump country. So even though it was moving to the land of the hot, at least it was moving away from the land of you know Trump, essentially proto Trump. Oh, it, it was Trump. It was Trump before Trump, Indiana. Yeah. 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 Well, holy Christ, ladies, I have taken a lot of your time. I know a few people who are busier than you guys. So I just want to say thank you so very much for coming on the BrandoCast today. Uh, I hope that, uh, you know, this little time out from your busy schedule was uh, somewhat fun. Uh, May I say? May I say? It was a fucking delight. It was a delight, Brando. You may say it's a fucking delight. (laughs) It was the opposite of a wow. (laughs) Well, everyone watch The Great North coming on Fox on Valentine's Day. It's amazing. It's going to be around forever. So, again, congratulations to the both of you. (sighs) And to the rest of you, thank you so much for listening, liking, subscribing. We're growing exponentially. So many great guests coming down the pike. And, of course, the BrandoCast is produced by Mr. Richard Sheltinga. So until the next time, cats and kittens. Look up there. What do you see? Nature and stuff. Like a rock. And a tree. Up the gray north. Way up here, you can breathe the air. Catch some fish. Or gaze at a bear. Wow.